Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Uh, we're here in the Rugby Dungeon to dissect the final weekend of the Six Nations as Wales are crowned Grand Slam champions. And, uh, well, the three of us are here. The man with all the answers, JB. Hello, Timothy. The man with all the stats, Phil. Hello, Timothy. And I'm the man with no questions. I'm Tim. <laughs> ever. No questions ever. Uh, and we'll get to that in, in, in a little bit. Uh, how are you doing? Where, where did you watch the rugby, Phil, this weekend? Uh, I was at home. Me and young Thomas in his England kit. Lovely. Both of us in our England kits, watching three very interesting games, each yeah. for different reasons. Yes. He seemed to enjoy it. Less so the rugby, but more kind of staring at me when I was getting more animated and then less animated. <laughs> and then more the, animated again. And then, <laughs> uh, just the Italy game yeah. <laughs> throughout the day. Uh, Where did you watch it, Tim? Uh, well, I, I expect we both had the invite extended from JB to watch games with him. I'm really glad <laughs> I didn't take him up on oh. that offer. Well, I, I'm relieved. I saw one of our friends who did take him up on the offer this morning, uh, who got in at 5am. Where did they go? was in a very bad way. Wow. Oh, I wish I stayed with them, though. I actually took myself <laughs> home relatively early. I got very drunk, got a tram home. On the way home, I ordered the pizza on Just Eat, or whatever the service is. Completely forgot. Woke up this morning to get some breakfast. Pizza on the doorstep. So, so, so he did it up. Perfect. Nice, nice. That would have been like when you accidentally put on France to lose the Six Nations. Had they have lost yeah, the Six did Nations, they, even lose? they can't even lose properly. Accidental winning. I know. I'm a bit disappointed with the poor quality of foxes in Chalton in in South Manchester. Yeah, though. that yeah. is poor. Scavenging urban foxes. Maybe they're just they're so plentiful the pizzas on doorsteps that they just <laughs> yeah. no I don't fancy that. No pineapple, nah. Hummus. Well they only eat hummus. <laughs> Quinoa and hummus pizza. Yeah. Right, we are at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. We're currently streaming this on um YouTube, so that go and right. go and subscribe and watch there. Um and you know where to find us and all the rest of it. So um yes, on this podcast we're going to be talking about Six Nations rugby. I think we'll have more of a, a, a newsy focused what short podcast and which also looks ahead to next weekend's domestic rugby which all kicks off again the the the, the weeks of significant rugby just keep on coming but um it's interesting you said how animated you were getting during this weekend because there was a point of this weekend where i thought 
This is just rubbish. Really? Yeah. Which, what was that? Well, when? but bearing yeah. in mind the Super Saturdays we've enjoyed in the past, think back to that incredible one with where we had 20 minutes of extra okay. rugby between France and Wales. Amazing. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, incredible. And then think back two years before that when we had the the most ridiculous day of rugby where there were tries all over the show. Was... Where everyone had to outscore yeah. everyone else yeah. as yeah, the day went we... on. Yeah. It was good for different reasons, I think. Oh, no, it, it was. But there was a point at which it was like, all right, well, Wales are clearly winning this. It's not even a contest. That means the rest of this game's kind of doesn't really mean anything and the England Scotland game really doesn't totally mean anything. Yes. I, there was an element of that. They should have had the worst game on last, shouldn't they? Totally. They, they, the it drama would have been... that that would have created, Ireland knowing that they could win the championship. Yeah. Before the match. And it was disappointing because you could have predicted six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, that mm. that would have been the pivotal game. Mm. Um, you would have thought that at least one team going into that was uh, going for a grand slam. So, a little bit disappointing. Yeah. But it, taking my England hat off, um, it was still a good day. It was still yeah. enjoyable. If you, if you didn't have, if you didn't have an English or an Irish or an Italian hat on and you were a, a neutral, there were some incredible games, incredible storylines throughout the day. So I think it was very interesting still. I think we should, you know, speak about the Grand Slam champions. Well done, England's women. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Absolutely <laughs> outstanding performance. We can co- we can probably take up half an hour talking well, about... The rest of the podcast. Yeah, the rest of the podcast with that fantastic performance. The best team in... In, in in Northern Hemisphere rugby, which which women's rugby player okay, played this weekend for her national team, mm-hmm. and her brother played for his national team? Oh, that's a great question, isn't it? I don't, oh, I, hold on, I, I think I know. I might know this go one. On. No, um, uh, no, I was suddenly thinking that uh, rugby, both rugby. Both rugby, both uh, uh, they definitely played last weekend, and, it, and he did, and he did played both, this weekend. Did they both play seniors? <clears throat> seniors, As it, so he wasn't playing under twenties. No, 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 no. He's playing for the full men's team. She's playing for the full ladies or women. The less the less offensive pronoun team. Oh, <laughs> I will go with Finn Russell. I don't know. It was the second row. Uh, the 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 Italian Ruzza family. Nice. So she plays for Italy. She's the heaviest member of of, of their pack. Unless of what <laughs> every every yeah. every women's rugby player wants that uh, accolade. Well, I I say heaviest member of the pack. I assume it's the whole team, unless they've got a very heavy back somewhere, <laughs> like <laughs> Kelly Hayamona style fly half somewhere. Um, and he plays second row for the uh, for the Italian national team. Congra- That's good, isn't it? Congratulations to the Ruzza family. Yeah. So in, it's, it's an Italian, incredible achievement. Italian women did what Italian men could not do. And beat France. Did they? Yeah, they fairly comfortably beat France. Before we just get into the Six Nations, because I made the little joke about it at the start, can we very, very quickly and briefly just um, just deal with my little gaffe What's earlier? the question? <laughs> <laughs> can we deal with my gaffe? Go on then, Tim. Let's make it all about you. No, 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 no. No, no, because I, yeah, I don't want anyone to think, because some people might listen to the start of a podcast, not the end, and I just, I just want to kind of uh, own it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, during the Premiership Rugby Cup final aftermath, uh, interviewing man of the match James Grayson, I uh, 
I didn't ask a fully formed question, and he <laughs> quite rightly pointed pointed out. You didn't ask me. I didn't I made I made a statement, and he chose not to agree and play along and and cover up for my incompetence. But, and but he, a, lot, uh, a lot of people do do that. It, it's annoyance of mine that questions are sometimes statements, and then you just leave it there, and the players got to either agree or they've got to disagree. Yeah, well, it, it always brings agreement because great, in that, pl- yeah, in that great play today. Yeah, what's the question? That that is quite a common form, so I mm. I am a little bit surprised he actually called you out on it. Uh, well, I think it shows the the brashness and cockiness of a of a, of a, of a ten, and uh, so I quite enjoyed it. And so I, I just want to because again we've talked about gaffes in the past with other people, um, and it's just I think it's quite interesting to peel back the curtain a little bit. But so the, the I didn't know the PA system was on. It came on halfway through the interview, and. Was that playing back what you were saying slight, on a slight uh, delay? or was it, it? Yeah, there's a slight delay because it's coming out. I've got one earpiece in and it's coming out on the stadium speakers. But it, was, it wasn't coming out on the stadium speakers straight away because then I would have been tuned into it and gone, OK, this is how it is. Mm-hmm. Something changed halfway through. Suddenly it was being put over the PO and I suddenly went, oh, what, what, what was that? And in that sort of brain catching up to what happened... That just sort of threw me off, so I didn't ask a fully. Full, I didn't. I didn't finish the. I didn't totally finish the question that I started to ask. I thought. Uh, I thought uh, other than that, but um, I thought Grayson uh, comes across really, really well. Yeah. really well rounded. Well, this was this was my point actually because, uh, well, for for one, um, stones and glass houses and all, and all of that. Everyone, everyone, you know, balls is up at, in their job or life or whatever at some point. Um, but I actually thought it was a brilliant moment, and which was probably more revealing about James Grayson than anything he's ever said to the media before. Yeah, because you you kind of got a glimpse at the sense of humour, the, the cockiness in a, in a good way of him, and how comfortable he is. Well, he's got an interesting background, hasn't he? Because, like as you pointed out, he's literally grown up in Northampton in that stadium. Mm. I mean, the Graysons are about as intri- as integral to integral there you go, to Northampton as well any family ever. Yeah. I'd say. To any rugby club, yeah, outside of maybe the Barwells, yeah, true. <laughs> and, the, and the other thing is, you know, so I, I think you learnt a, a little bit about him, and I actually learnt a little bit about myself as well. Because if I went back a couple of years, I think I probably Ooh. would have been beating myself up about that. Nah. But actually, but actually, uh, uh, what you don't you don't know when things are all going going well, and I imagine this is like this for elite players. Uh, when when things are going well, you don't really have have that sort of test. But when something balls is up, like you make a howler in a game, actually, then. The way that you sort of process that and go... So you're saying that you're now what you used to be, the Owen Farrell of broadcasting, yeah. and now you're a Dan Bigger. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think that's what I'm saying. Amazing, amazing. Well, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. That's not even the biggest media balls up of the week by the Egg Chasers team. The b- biggest one was probably me filming... <laughs> it's not even funny. It's not funny. Um, filming a video about banning the hacker and having it released one day before a match <laughs> shooting. Oh. That's oh my god! Yeah. I hadn't even I hadn't even yeah. clocked, exactly I clocked that. Well, you can't help I that. <laughs> what can you do? You can't it, help that. It was filmed five six weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah, but even the, if the it was day, filmed five six days ago, I know. I, um, I, know, and I still believe it. I still absolutely yeah. believe it. Were you getting more messages than your Dan Bigger video? No, they still people still found Dan Bigger more offensive. Very good. Oh, sorry. I tell you what. Before we get to the Six Nations, JB, can you just uh, get the uh, get the Kirby enthusiasm music ready? Yes, I can. Are you ready with it? Uh, I think so. It'll be pretty obvious when you should play it. Well, I think we've had a very good Six Nations, but uh, the Scottish game will be our best performance. (laughs) 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 
firstly, he wasn't totally wrong, was he? No, he wasn't. He got something reasonably right. Uh, well, 28 minutes was a phenomenal performance. I gave up. What, I literally gave up watching this game. Turned my back to the TV and had a few more beers. I, to be honest, I think half of the half the England backline did that. <laughs> I think, I, honestly, I think that's what was in I, the water bottles. I've, I've watched this. I've watched this back again, and England was so in control and totally dominant that they. It it was like at times towards the end of that first half and in that second half that they just players through a combination of arrogance and laziness just gave up. I a, a good example is the. McAnally try, which he took brilliantly, but Owen Farrell, who should have been tracking back to cover his mistake, just coasted and let Johnny, oh, Johnny May will catch him. He let Johnny May catch him, and when Johnny May missed him, then Owen Farrell started to try and accelerate again. Yeah, and but, on that, on that, what's Johnny May doing? Like an international winger trying to tap tackle a hooker that he could have just caught up with. 25 yards from the line. Oh my word. <laughs> Three more <laughs> steps and you jump on his back and it's game over. Oh dear. Oh and, dear. And there was there was other examples the the um John, the Johnson try which was brilliantly oh, yeah. taken which mm. really should have been that deserved to be the match winning try it did didn't it but England's team kind of either not bothering to track back so not bothering to have the defensive line in the first place and then not bothering to track back and the the missed tackles the kind of you could play the curb your enthusiasm music again but the um. <laughs> no, that, not that one. The um, the daily Noel uh, fiasco of confusing it, each other. Yeah, I I happen to know the the, the cameraman that daily when he when oh, he collided <laughs> with. Well, yeah, and he looked like he did so with like he dropped the shoulder. He dropped the shoulder in on him. I mean, ordinarily you'd think a player might sort of swerve or step. Daily no, no. daily went no straight through him. Bosh. Now cameraman. Or deceptively big, big, big people because they're, they're carrying, carrying a lot of kit all yeah. the time. BT, you've got a camera guy, and um, you've got a few who are big boys. Yeah, who's the one who does ro- rugby tonight? Lo- uh, looks like Robocop, yeah. massive man. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're, they're, they're adequately equipped to, <laughs> equipped to handle contact. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm not sure a 15 and a half stone international winger <laughs> running, running off the pitch into you is. Gonna... Yeah, he was going at some pace as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, England. I mean, Scotland. A fair play to them because you could have, you wouldn't have been surprised had they been the ones who had turned their backs and uh, had a beer, so to speak, yeah. after that first twenty-eight minutes. But as Finn Russell said um, after the game, they went from they kind of went away from their game plan of kicking the ball, like trying to get territory in possession, and just went for it and played everything from oh. everywhere, and and amazingly found <coughs> huge <coughs> gaps. Um, is this kind of the rugby version of the dangerous two-goal lead? <laughs> the dangerous 31-point lead with <laughs> well, no, it was actually, 50 it, minutes left at home. Yeah, yeah. It, got, it got to the point where it was like would have been like a 5-0 lead. And as you say, you're bored and like, oh, this is not really worth watching anymore. Um, sh- have you got BMAC? Should we call BMAC? Yeah. Because um, if we're talking about England-Scotland, yeah, let's, let's, should let's, we just see uh, if BMAC's about? Pass, pass, pass or do you want me phone. to turn it off? Have we got... Have no, we, no, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll down him from yours. Okay, just give me a number. Uh, oh no, I was going to say tell me the number, but that wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> Dox him on uh, on a podcast. <laughs> just as, as you're doing that, and you just mentioned the, the the Johnson try, the pass from Finn Russell, oh. and not, not just the pass, but well, but the did, did you notice the way the way he sold 
the the the, uh, the de- he sold the deep pass with his with his eyes. I, yeah. And gave the flat pass. He, he sold me, and I was watching him do it. I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is out the back. That's unreal. Serious player. JB, can you hear him? Yeah, I can hear you. Hey, how are you? You well? Yeah, it's uh, JB, Phil, and uh, and Timmy. Hey, boys, oh. how are you doing? You well? Yeah, very well. We're just we're just going to try and get Phil's headphones in, because otherwise he's not oh, going to be. Able- and JB's headphones. Are you, are you sorted, Jay? No, I'm not. You have to talk to Byron yourself. I All right. Uh, well, I'll talk to you for a moment then, Byron. Um, we, we, ju- we just thought we'd give you a buzz because we're talking about the the game yesterday. How how are you feeling yesterday? How how late was last night? Uh, yeah, last night was a late one. The the, the celebrations went uh, went a long way, uh, or should I say, uh, into early hours of the morning. But it was good. It was good fun. Oh, me Sorry, I'm just chucking JB some headphones. There you go. Um, he said it was a late one anyway, gents, but I'm sure you could have worked that one out <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, and you said celebrations. It, it must have been weird feeling, though, at, uh, at full time. Kind of um, pr- really proud from where you came from, but then to have just missed out on that win would have been the most incredible comeback. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was quite a weird one. Um, we celebrated, but there was definitely a weird feeling about it because you didn't actually win it was full of draw. I suppose we still take the cup back to Scotland, which is pretty awesome. Um, obviously, to to claw back 31 points and then to be be ahead with three minutes to go was was quite exciting. And then obviously them scoring at the end, yeah, put a little bit of a dampener on the night. But hey, in the Six Nations, and there's a lot of positives to take from that second half. So so we enjoyed it anyway. You didn't like yeah, that, sorry, Jay. I didn't hear you there. You didn't like that, Jay. I was just saying, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> what was the question, Jay? What, what was the question? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what was, what was half time like? Um, to be fair, there was no shouting and, and screaming. It was just like, uh, to be honest, it was quite hard to, to put into words what that what happened in the first half. Just pretty, nothing went our way. Uh, England playing really well. Seemed a bit frantic out there, and then uh, it's just about just sticking to what we've been training and, and what the coaches gave us a few precise messages, just pretty much areas where, where we can improve. Um, and then we did it in the second half, and obviously scored a few tries, which was pretty cool. Come on, Byron, we, we, we want to hear about I, this. I need this to arg- the work we need to know you- about this argument between uh, the, the Finn Russell and Gregor. I'm sure it was all, obviously not an argument in an angry sense, but Finn. Try no, wanting to grab the game by the scruff of the neck a bit. Um, to be honest, I've heard something. I don't know. I, I actually don't know too much about it. What, 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 was it argument? Well, Finn Russell Didn't said reference. in his post-match uh, interview, he just said, uh, "Oh, I, uh, me and Gregor had a had, had a few words because I, I, I wanted yeah. I wanted us to go for it a little bit more." Yeah, I think I think the argument was Gregor was telling him to look at the short pass and give the long pass, and he's saying, "No, no, I need to look at the long <laughs> pass and give the short pass." I think that's what it was. <laughs> Hey, to be fair, I have no idea what happened. I was sitting in at halftime and I was thinking, what the hell is going on here? Um, that, that was my honest reflection on the first half. Uh, I didn't really pay too much attention to what they were talking about. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, now, that's all I really have to say. Pre-game? Yeah, yeah, so pre-game... Um, yeah. You might, you, know, you might have mentioned that you had a, sec- a secret strategy to beat, to beat England... Which you know you drew good, you know good 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 work. Can you um, can you reveal that now? It's not so much a, a secret strategy. It's just it's, there's no secret that England 
kicked the most in the Six Nations. Um, so so we identified that, and we thought, look, in the first twenty minutes, we'll take that, take the game to them, and uh, we'll enter kicking battle with them. And it didn't work out too well. They just scored <laughs> two really quick tries. Yeah. So then, boys are just all over the place, um, and yeah, we really needed the half time. Put it that way. So just just to try and get our head straight. Just going back to Finn, to Finn Russell. What's what's he like to train with? Is is he that good? Just day day to day. Yeah, he's a different character. I don't think I, I don't think I've met a character like him. He's very laid back. He trains with his shoelaces untied. He's just so laid back. Just <laughs> yeah. um, always laughing, throws his passes. But but he's, he's a very smart player. He is. Um, he has a switch button where he does focus, think about the game. So so a lot of people just see the fire team where he's just. Looks easy going. Everything seems effortless, but he does actually put in the hard work too. You know, beyond beyond scenes. So uh, he's he's brilliant. Uh, Byron, when can you can you talk me through that kind of the last fifty minutes of that game? Because England went thirty one nil up, then McAnally scores the um, charge down try, and yeah, it it looked as a kind of independent observer at that stage that that was probably going to be nothing more than a consolation try. And then there was a couple more tries, a couple more consolation tries. At what stage did you think, hang on, this is on, this is really on? Because I would imagine, kind of as you've said and as Finn said, at halftime going into that, it probably didn't look like there was much chance of winning the game. Yeah, well, to, to be fair, we took a lot of courage and belief from the fact that just before halftime, we had quite a lot of good defensive sets so uh, our defence were like okay hold on what they're throwing at us we can handle if we stick within our structures if we stay connected we get off the line together and, and make dominant hits which we did the back end of the first half and then obviously Stu McNally's trial was, was quite big for us in terms of we had just scored go back into the half we had a good defensive set um, in the last 10-15 minutes Stu McNally's trial which was excellent for us and then obviously starting the first half we scored, I think, was it after five minutes or six minutes? Yeah. Um, I think, I don't know why, I think it's Mag- Magnus Bradbury's try. I remember at that point, I was like, flip sakes, I think, I think we can win this. I think we can really, because at that stage, defensively, we didn't feel troubled, um, if that makes sense, even though they had scored 31 points in the first half. We like got comfortable with our defense, if that makes sense. And yeah. I felt like, we still had so much more to offer on attack and, and then we were scoring tries and then, yeah, the belief was just growing. And, and that's the, sorry, that's much. the, yeah, go on, Phil. Yeah, just, just on that point. Now, is Stuart McAnally, is he the fastest hooker in world rugby? <laughs> <laughs> is he the fastest hooker you've played with? I tell you what. No, Rob Webber is. We got, we got, we got all the, the speed times today. He's, he's quite a good speed, to be fair. But I reckon it's definitely got to be between uh, him and Dan Coles. Yeah, what? Yeah, cool. Dan Cole's quite quick, quite quick too, isn't he? Yeah, he, he could play a, he could probably do a job at twelve or thirteen, couldn't he, Dan yeah. Cole's? Uh, now, last yeah. question. Not last question from me. Uh, did you did you buy Tom Curry a beer after um, after the game? Did I have a beer with him? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh, it was a good laugh, actually. And, boys, and, and the old the Exeter boys, boys. There's a fair few of them you got to catch up with as well. Say again? The, the Exeter boys you got to catch up with as well. Yeah, so Jack Noll, Luke Dickie, Henry Slade and 
Tom Curry. We all had a good catch up and a few beers together um, in the corporate side of things upstairs after the game, which, which was good. Whose jersey um, do you swap with after the game? I've swapped with Henry Slade. Nice. Oh, nice. Nice touch. Yeah, we're good mates. Good mates from the exit of the day. So we had a chat in the week. Said if we play, we'll, we'll swap jerseys. So yeah, we did that. Oh, nice touch. Yeah, th- that was the first time. I-, I couldn't believe this stat, Byron, but um, you and your Scotland teammates were the first team ever to score six tries against England at Twickenham. Ever. Is that right? Ever. That's amazing. It's a bloody loose game. I've still not watched it back. It's still, I'm still busy just sitting on the couch and thinking, what happened? <laughs> I don't Do know you watch games back? Because like Johnny Wilkinson apparently has never watched the 2003 World Cup final because he wants the memories in his own head. He doesn't want them to be polluted by the, the TV. But uh, you must go back and watch it to, well, I suppose, to, to dissect it as much as anything. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I haven't watched the game is back but um, I don't know I definitely think I'll watch it at some stage although I've just been tagged in something on Twitter all the player ratings I've got a 6 what no, rubbish <laughs> no to be to be fair I, I didn't have my, I didn't have uh, too many too much ball in hand to attack so they told me I was a bit like a pedestrian yesterday on attack <laughs> mate well <laughs> yeah, as, as you know the the uh, well Hold on, I'm just thinking who was on who was on your wing. Yeah, there wasn't a Jack Manol was on my on opposite. Yeah, me. and he, he well, well after again after 25 minutes, he did nothing. Well, he did nothing unless he went inside to get the ball. He didn't he didn't get anything on his wing. Thanks, you make me feel better already. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Byron, it was nah, great. It was great. It was absolutely brilliant to see you back in that blue jersey again. Sail. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. it was lovely being and, uh, out there. And when's the next episode of the the MMA pod out? Say again? The, the MMA pod. Yes. Oh, no, I've been off that for a while, obviously, because I was in camp, but uh, some big upsets this weekend. Yeah, da- uh, Darren Till, eh? Darren Till and Leon Edwards. I didn't foresee that. Did you see um, what happened with Masvidal and Edwards? Uh, no, I've, I've only seen the highlights of the uh, of the Till fight. Ooh, you want to see what happened backstage? Oh, really? Interesting drama, yeah. Big drama. Well, be, uh, anyway. Byron, it's a cracking to talk to you, mate. Yeah, thank you very much for the call. Welcome Appreciate anytime. It. Look after yourself, gentlemen. Take Cheers. it easy, Byron. Cheers, Byron. See you, mate. Cheers. Bye. What a gent. What a great, what a great lad. Right. One of my favourites. I'm going to, I'll make a statement. You can discuss. Okay. I'll try and make it form it into a question. Um, <laughs> Do your best, Tim. I know you're not good at that. Everybody's been so overreactive to one bad half of rugby for England. Um, I think they've been underreactive. Right. So on the sense that the, on the strength of that England game yesterday, everyone said Eddie Jones is useless. Owen Farrell needs to be dropped. Uh-huh. Joe Cock and the singer should have been in. No. Um, England. England are rubbish. Um, they're never going to win a World Cup. And I actually go. It was a really bad half where they totally switched off, but they were also that was the best any any team played. It was awful, but before that, it was the best any team in the Six Nations has played. Phil, um, I am with you to a point. So I think that is a, a phenomenal example of two completely different performances within one game. 
It is probably the best 28 minutes of rugby that anyone played in the Six Nations, and it is probably the worst 50 minutes if you exclude the last two after 80. Do you think it's better than the Ireland performance? I thought that was a genuinely great performance. I thought that was one one of the best performances in maybe three or four years. Those four tries in that first 28 minutes, it was was so dominant. Now, the Ireland performance as a whole, as an 80 minutes, was better, but for... The highs of that 28 minutes were higher than the Ireland performance when you condense it into the, the 28 minutes. Now, so that bit is, is definitely true. And the problem that I have with England is since, probably since downfall 2018 and the last Six Nations, a lot of England's games have been magnificent, incredible highs and these terrible, terrible, like, as an England fan, like, painful lows. Thinking back to the South Africa tour, oh. so, the South Africa tour, the first so two right. games, England started like an absolute house on fire and played some brilliant rugby. And then for whatever and they reason... like a house on fire. Well, yeah, they finished like a, like, 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 like a house on fire finishes. Like, <laughs> when the... the, the Fire Brigade hasn't got there and it's just some smouldering ash. That was exactly how they finished. But it's not... They are not the only games they've played like this. The New Zealand game, the first half an hour they played against New Zealand was absolutely spectacular. They were brilliant Mm. and they finished it awfully. Uh, The Wales game, they played some great stuff early on and then kind of fell into this pattern of just kick every single thing away and hope that... Uh, Liam's Liam Williams drops the ball. Yeah, that's so, not a great so, bet to be making. So my problem with all of this is, it's not. This is not a one-off for England, and and there's good things because the highs are not a one a one-off. Yeah, their their best stuff in the last twelve months has been magnificent, but their worst They're stuff incredibly has been volatile. Has I been mean, awful, and and it's what what is that? Because I I was trying to think. I was trying to think back to all those games. When you look at the the South Africa games in isolation, you can say you can say altitude, and I would have said that. But having had all this additional information, where it, particularly where it's not altitude, I don't know what the problem is. Now, in this game, if you look at it in isolation, I would say the game. They thought the game was over before the game. The tournament was already over, so I would forgive them for switching off. But the manner and the two words I used before, the laziness and the arrogance. In the, Switching the off until Scotland had three tries and then you go, oh, hang on a minute. Wake up again. Come on, guys. It was too late then. So I actually think, it won't surprise you here, but I think I've got the answer as to basically why they're... Gatland and Cipriani? Well, yes. I mean, I've got, I've got, <laughs> not only have I got the answer, I've got the cure too. Well, yeah, so... so if, if you're saying Gatlin Cipriani, so what? No, no, no. What I, is, didn't, I yeah. didn't say that. I didn't no, say no, that. no, no, no. <laughs> but, okay. So, so that w- that would be an answer to the question. Oh, that would be the solution. Yeah. So what's what the is what is going yeah. wrong? I've yeah. got it. I think I've got it. Which is, England are a collection of outstanding players. If you don't think England are a good team, uh, well, you're just wrong. England are a brilliant team. They've, got, they've a, got some great players. They've got best player pool in the world. Blah 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 blah. They've Th- got great players. Yes. Are they a great team? Two different mm, things. Yes. N- uh, so the way I describe them is hard to play against because they are. I mean, they probably gave Wales the biggest test of the Six, of the six Nations, probably. So hard to play against, yes. Very easy to prepare for. In in Eddie Jones's mind, he has a way of playing. And if 
the players don't win, it's not because his way of playing is wrong, it's because his players are mentally weak or he needs a bigger ball carrier or there's something wrong with the players not fitting into his system. I've, I've spoken about that multiple times. But because of this lack of flexibility, which I've shown, when they get it right and they overpower teams, they are dominant because they are literally the best in the world at the things that they do. But the problem is those things can be easily countered. And that's why you're seeing they lose leads. They lost to Wales, who just you know, had you know, all they needed is was was a DVD player. Well, okay, we'll just go around the fringes of the rock then, because we'll negate that. Uh, we will negate that the line speed. England, with the tiniest bits of variation, would be the best the best team on the planet. But they're not, and that's Eddie Jones's fault. And that's why you've got this horrible volatility when they can be amazing and potentially beat the All Blacks but they'll also lose to anyone who's done any amount of research. So, are you going back to saying they're only playing one way? They're only playing plan A? Effectively. I mean, the, so, like, the so change what is personnel. Because what is that plan A? Because I, I, I've seen, well, I've def- probably seen three different plans in this Six Nations alone. So, defensively, you basically know it's um, the, you know, the absolute dominant in midfield, or at least they were. And I say dominant, I mean dominant with their collisions. That's what they're looking that's what they're looking to do. Incredibly hot, hot, hard working. You do not want to run at England off the first off the first receiver. You will get absolutely annihilated. But you can go around them. You can, uh, or you can go very, very narrow. That seems to work relatively well. That, that's not a game plan. No, but it's a defensive structure, right? Well, they they, they that, kick that's more. Not, that's not a game. So, well, yeah, yeah no, talk, but, to, but, talk to but, me about but, the game plan. No, hang on, no, you're wrong there. Because if I know the defensive structure. I can then make a, a game plan to go against that defensive structure. So defensive structure is absolutely a game plan. No, okay, go on. So, so talk to me about the their one way of playing. Well, well defensively, I've just done it. Okay. Um, and I just feel going forward, they they sort of run out of steam. You know, it, it's such hard work which have got to which have got to got to put in. I think that it's the hard work element. It's volume of carries. It's big ball carriers. It's rather blunt. And then when they run out of steam, they run out of steam, and that so, and that's why they give up these leads. So is that running out of steam? Is that just due to carrying? I think it's the all round work rate which they have to put in. So did they run out of steam after twenty eight minutes when they weren't carrying doing heavy carrying? They weren't going yeah, for your game plan yeah, that but you it's, suggested it's, it's a few it's weeks ago. It's the overall effort. It's you know the tackles made. It's the constant getting after, to the after feet. After twenty eight minutes, it's it's everything. After twenty eight minutes, hardly making a tackle against Scotland after twenty eight minutes, and they ran out of steam. Uh, well, I mean that could be down to complacency, but then that that yeah. period lasted then until eighty minutes. That that is true, but not for running out of steam. Well, ideas. Uh, they definitely. They, you know, that's, I, I, that, that's what I'm saying. They're hard to play against. They're easy to prepare for. But they, like Gatland out, out, outsmarted Jones. I agree with that. I, just, I completely just agree with levels. that. Completely agree with that. I just think the the one way of playing is is just wrong. And there was a, a Nick Evans article in the Guardian this week, which was highlighting the two ways of playing that they've played, excluding just kicking. And using the big ball carries, which is one way of playing that you've alluded to, but also something I mentioned yeah, last week, all... which is the, which is the going wide and looking to um, yeah. isolate and identify weaknesses in the defensive line, which is the way that they started for the first twenty-eight minutes. To so that, that is not on one this, way of playing. Right, to be more precise on this, what I am not saying is that they're inflexible. Like they might come onto the field and say, "Right, today we are going to, you know, play wide, or today we're going to kick more." So yeah, they're all overall, you know, overarching ways that they can play differently. What I mean by they don't play differently is, if you look at, say, Wales, 
they will in game change a tactic in order to exploit space. So that and it, they'll be prepared with the, with those tactics, and you don't get that from England. So that is a very different point, but I com- I do agree with that point, and that is actually it's something that we've all spoke about in the past. And going back to the the Fox Theatre performance a few years ago that highlighted, 100%. I don't think England have learnt from this. No, I agree. And the the reason so that I I absolutely one hundred percent agree with, and the lack of leaders is really worrying, and. They are so reliant on Owen Farrell for everything that when he has a poor game, like he did from 28 minutes onwards, he had a very poor game. They are clueless. And when he gets and when he goes off the boil, he really goes off. Yeah, the but boil. That, but that's not the point because you know you, you wouldn't say Johnny Sexton should be dropped from Ireland's team. He had an absolute howler of a game. He the, did. The point, be, but the point, the, and this is where we can sort of come together and find some common sense. I don't think it's that dire. In terms of, I don't think the the nuances of how England play is a problem that needs to be dissected. It's all in the top two inches. That's, yeah, it is. That's yeah. that's what caught them out with the They're Fox real. against Italy. That and that's what caught them out in. Well, against you could Wales, argue that against Wales, yes, massively. Yeah, and and that that leadership issue when we talked before about the the O three England team and there's just no comparison when you look around the England fifteen. You'd actually, if Dylan Hartley isn't around the squad, you're suddenly going. Who should we thrust into a captaincy position that has no experience of captaincy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the scrum half question. They have no depth at scrum half, despite having so many scrum halves available to them. You really struggle to think. Well, who are England going to rely on? Should Ben Youngs go down? And that top two inches does uh, manifest itself with Eddie Jones. And this is this is one way, place that I will criticise Eddie Jones. When you saw the way that Scotland approached that second half. It almost felt like Gregor Townsend was preempting where the game might go and was being proactive. Mm. So he threw on fresh men after 50 minutes to try and keep that intensity as they made their comeback. Eddie Jones seemed to wait, 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 and was then trying to play catch up. Hoping that his players who started the game so well would somehow magically revert to playing as they did. I wonder, you know, if Ireland are suffering from the same sort of thing, which is if plan A doesn't work, if they are not on the front foot and they're doing all and Murray and Sexton are not playing like Murray and Sexton Uh, then it just then then it just crumbles and I think Wales are you know an example of teams of how you be tactically flexible I completely agree with that point and we'll come on to that game in a second just I'll just refer to um, a message that we've had earlier today from Patrick Tipsword great name by the way it is a great name it's a great name on Twitter who listens from Phoenix, Arizona And I think we've actually answered this question, but he's he's raised a question from this game and the last few games is, why do England revert back to kicking the ball away constantly when they're out under scoreboard pressure? Um, and I think this game was a great example in that second half when they weren't playing well, when Scotland had the wind in their sails. England seemed to, instead of reacting... Uh, to what was in front of them and what the, the changing landscape around them, they just kind of reverted to that type. There was no leadership from Farrell, who did have a bad game in that last 50 minutes, and Ben Youngs and he just both kicked the game, poor kick chase, same as Wales, territory possession, and yeah, the the Wales game is a great example. And and I, and I don't think that's a reason to say Farrell Farrell should be dropped. Just like I don't think it's a reason to say, I, I, well, I don't, I don't know, I don't know exactly how you solve it, but. Uh, but those lessons can be learned. I would. I think I'd win more games with England than, than, than Eddie Jones. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> Do you think Eddie Jones would win more games with Tok H than you have? Nope. 
you think he wouldn't get them promoted? No, I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, I've lost. We've lost four games this, uh, this year by an aggregate of nine points. Question: Do you think you could have, in two years or three years, got a Japanese team to beat South Africa? I would have employed Eddie Jones. So yes. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, do you know the Japanese one is so interesting, and I wonder if there's some learning to be done here. But it's widely recognised that Japanese players would never like to work under Eddie Jones ever again. They're very grateful for what he did, but he had those boys pretty much as a full-time team for six months before the World Cup. And the way he brutalised them was, uh, you know, it, it it's pretty epic if you read any of the accounts. Uh, I just wonder if that approach... Well, it's fine for the Japanese when you've got the players all the time. I just wonder if... That approach doesn't really work with with English professionals. There you go. Mm. On to the Grand Slam winning game. Unless yeah. you you guys yeah, want just, anything just, else, just a couple a couple of quick points. Um, having having said in previous weeks, like uh, I was totally wrong. We were totally wrong. Hands up. Elliot Daly's a bona fide superstar international fullback. He was dreadful defensively. <sighs> but he's, going, dreadful. he's so good going forward. So good going forward. And the, but the, the whole team. That, yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. Whole, it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. But I can't put my finger on it. No, no, I can't put my finger on it. But I, I, but for that reason, I think it's solvable because it isn't I, like you're not going. They don't have the talent. They can't play well. They can't score tries. They can't be defensively sound. They can. They can There's do all just, of that. Just a, a switch can be flicked. I don't know how it happens. Who knows if Eddie Jones is the right man to bring it out of them? But what? it can. It, I'm I'm hopeful. I think actually, despite what we saw of all the of all the Six Nations teams, I am most. Uh, this is gonna be, this is gonna come back. Right, clip. Just make a note of the time and date that I said this. <laughs> I'm most confident that England have what it takes to potentially win a World Cup out of all the Six Nations I teams think they for could. the positives that they bring. Are, de- are devastating when they work. It, yeah, but I don't think. But, they w- but have they learnt those lessons from four years ago? It's, it feels like no, the same. They, they will not change. They're incapable of change. That's what I. That's what I think about them. And also, I'm not. I'm not overly impressed with Eddie Jones's co- uh, coaches either. Well, what, 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 what do you think of this? What about the? I think my players are, men, are mentally weak. Comment. Yeah, that I don't like that. As what a idiot! Comment. I like I mean, no. I like the honesty of it because they were in that game. If he's talking about in that game, so I, they I, were. I put out a tweet. They today. were. Yeah, I guess so. I think they'd say that. Well, I don't know, but um, I put out a tweet earlier on today, and the tweet was partly tongue in cheek, partly not. But it's like difference between Gatland and, it, and Eddie Jones. Gatland loses loses his Lions captain. Not a problem. Uh, a domestic game in Wales is in turmoil, not a problem. Loses uh, to Lupe Falatau, not a problem. Reese Webb goes to France, not a problem. Eddie Jones, on the other hand, says, my team's mentally weak. And that sort of encapsulates it. Like, it, I, by saying the players are mentally weak, what he's saying is, I got this right, but only, if only my players, you know, could think a little bit better... We would have won. Uh, you're putting words in his mouth there. That, that was actually from a, a Five Live interview, and that was part of a bigger interview, and he wasn't throwing his players under the bus with that. He was just actually being refreshingly honest. And they were, in that game, they were mentally weak. You can't deny that. Yeah, it comes from somewhere, though. It comes from somewhere. And I, I, I do blame him for... I, I, I think it's... I hate to say this. I think it's a, cult, a cultural thing. You love culture. I love what? culture. You love blaming culture. I think the, the, the fact yeah, that... Winning and losing. The fact that 2015 was very, very similar... 
I don't know. Is there something bigger? Like, uh, again, maybe we'll look after this year's World Cup and really bird's eye view it and say, is it something about the English the structure, game? The ga- be it structure, be well, it club a game? Question, isn't it? I don't know, because we had this chat before the podcast. Like, well, structure is an interesting yeah, one. Yeah, structure is fascinating, isn't it? A few years, well, six months ago, you would say, we'd solved the structure problem. It's, it's easy. You, you divide up all of your pro players into four different provinces. You have a player welfare thing. You only let them play you know, two, game, two games a season for a club. You've got the Ireland team. Well, we fast forward now. Ireland looked completely inept this weekend. Yeah, well, um, but, well I guess what I mean ago. is that, that but maybe yeah. the English, maybe this ties into that whole, and this is a conversation for another time, but maybe it ties into that whole relegation conversation where you actually say, does the nature of the Premiership having relegation means that players play in a certain, uh, teams play in a certain way and it's very structured and rigid mm-hmm. and, uh, and they'd well, rather they, get well, a clearly South big African, men and kicking yeah. and yeah. Well, clearly what they get need to do in England in. is they need to scrap all, well, they need to tell every player in England that their contract is up for renegotiation, uh, renegotiation and all the clubs might merge and then cancel the merge yeah. the day after. So Northampton and Leicester are going to merge. That's right. Uh, Saracens and Harlequins. Can Saracens, you imagine yeah. that, by the way? Wow. Yeah. So We're, we're uh, going to do a, a southwest of Exeter, Bath, Bristol perfect. and Gloucester. Perfect. And, and then, then cancel it all. Yeah. And then, then they would win. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, Wales. Yes. Wales, 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 and, Wales. and obviously not to overshadow. I hope I hope there was enough light being shone on Scotland's contribution to a. I think so. We an, had a ama- on, an amazing <laughs> game. It was uh, amazing. It was a phenomenal performance, and Finn Russell, who he didn't play particularly well last week. He didn't play very well for the first twenty minutes this week. He was unbelievable. Yeah. It shows why because he is he's class, he is he? one of the best paid players in the world at Racing Metro. He's filled the, sh- the shoes of um, Patrick Lambie, Johan Usen, and Dan Carter. By, and and by then taking, some, probably. By taking that role. So I don't know how much he's on. It'll be a lot of money. It is fully justified when he puts in His Wikipedia like page <laughs> said after the game, uh, Finn Russell is a Scottish rugby union player, standoff, uh, plays club rugby for Racing 92, also acted as Scotland head coach at half-time in the England Scotland <laughs> Six Nations game. And I, I've learnt my lesson about writing tweets he's, before full-time yeah. as well. He's amazing. Isn't oh, he? Did you write it? I wrote, I wrote one of those tweets. My tweet this time was, William Wallace, Taggart, Ewan McGregor, Taggart. Taggart. Calvin Harris, Carol Smiley, <laughs> Rod Stewart, Duncan Bannatyne, The Proclaimers, Jeanette Cranky, Susan Boyle, Dominic Diamond, Darius from Pop Idol, Cornell Dupria, WP Nell, <laughs> Gary Graham, your boys took a hell of a beat. Never did send it. You you uh, actually in in uh, fair and independent broadcasting, um, you should have written one for England on the eighty second minute when they were losing <laughs> at home. No, I was too upset by then. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, right, Grand Slam winners. Well done, Wales. Wh- yeah. So wh- I'm going to tell you um, Wales. Exa- exactly why one of the men coaching is the best coach probably we've seen coach. In, in, in the UK, but only after Tim tells you about the top I'm wearing. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you about two things. Firstly, I'll tell you to go and get a razor from Cornerstone. They are fantastic. We have more amazing uh, compliments this week uh, to our Twitter page, at Rugby Podcast, for people that are, we've introduced to Cornerstone. Uh, they are a mail-order razor company. They were there before all of these other pretenders. They're the ones that give you a, a weighty aluminium shaft engraved with your initials, which you can get for free with an order of six precision-engineered cornerstone razors in a presentation box delivered to your door for just four quid it's a no-brainer give it a go you'll love it cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers that's cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or 
egg 10 at checkout and whilst you're in a, a a mood where you want to treat yourself to something why not go to our egg chasers club shop and you could purchase yourself a, a wonderful jersey. So we've got club shop. That's cool, isn't it? The one that the one that JB is uh, sporting right now on, in, our, on our YouTube channel. I'm in the merino wool supporters top. Merino wool. That's the stuff that keeps you. That's exactly cool it when it's hot and warm when it's cold. Yeah, incredible. Uh, and we've got, so we've got this, and we've got the playing top. So uh, the playing top suitable for. Rugby. Phil, if you look like Phil, you can wear. You, look, the, yeah. you can wear the match. You look like me, you probably want the merino wool one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so yes, I, so that is that is what, what's the website for that? Akumashops.com slash eggchasers. Akumashops.com slash eggchasers. And um, other product lines to be added soon. But well, there is also there's uh, a couple of options for your better half as well. A couple of ladies. Mother's, ladies Mother's Day next weekend. And, you know, they want all mothers want to dress like podcasters. That's <laughs> that's a fact, I think. Well, you can share your love of rugby with them. What, what's the what's the what's the uh, stat? Is there women's jerseys as well? There is. There is two. two great. There's two a, women's jerseys. A semi fit, as it's called, or pro fit type jer- or, jersey, and the uh, sub- subliminated mm. the uh, uh, supporters jersey shall we call it yes well, well one thing you could do is perhaps buy them like I reckon like there's there's nothing better than seeing your missus in wearing one of your shirts it's over oversized mm. when they yeah you know come on so there you go or buy them a jersey that you can wear that she can she can exactly exactly although um, these egg chasers jerseys are so valuable I would not lend mine to anyone so <laughs> unlucky so looks come good. on looks very good Jay it does look does look wonderful. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, Grand Slam winners. Grand Slam well, winners. I think, uh, uh, is it safe to say we have got probably the best coaching talent the Northern Hemisphere has seen maybe ever in Warren Gatland, though? So, it, this is an interesting question. Because does three or four Grand Slams trump a World Cup? Well, well yes. I mean, four. Sir Clive is up there for me, definitely. But Sir Clive's not got Heineken Cups. He's not got Premiership titles. You know, uh, he's mm. and the Lions Tour took some gloss off what he did. I mean, you can never forget he won an amazing World Cup. Yeah, and he the best thing about that World Cup is he was meant to do it. There's nothing better than when teams are meant to do it and they actually pull it off. So. Yes, uh, him and Gatland, I think, are basically the two best coaches that we've ever seen in the Northern Hemisphere. I would add Schmidt to that. In the Northern Hemisphere. Mm, yeah, maybe. Um, 
so he's been at six years with Ireland, has won three tournaments. Yep. Um, That's pretty good. So that's the, oh, half of the tournaments he's won. Yes. Yeah. Um, this year was a very poor performance, but if you'd gone back for three of the last five years before that, he won three out of five. Yep. Um, and before that, he was, if you're talking about Heineken Cups, he was winning Heineken Cups with Leinster. So I think he has to be, he's not got the longevity that Gatland has, and he's obviously he's not done it on the, the Lions stage. He's not been given the chance, but he is very, very impressive as well. Well, I mean, why isn't Joe Schmidt getting the stick that Eddie Jones is getting? So I think he is getting some in Ireland. I think I think Ireland. I think both are yeah. unjustified, but the the worst. Oh, I don't think he should be. I was yeah. just comparing and contrasting. I, yeah. Well, so I would say he's not getting the stick from Ireland because the Irish are still in somewhat a state of shell shell uh, shell shock. Um. It, this, not being good is something very new to them. There's a whole generation of Irish fans now who probably don't remember not being very good. Uh, <laughs> so it, this is like when Eddie Jones lost a couple of games last Six Nations, and we're like, oh, well, it's, it's just a blip. No, 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 it's not. Uh, now, I don't think I, 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 Ireland is a blip. Sorry, I think Ireland is a blip. Uh, and if, they carry, if he carries on losing, he will get the same stick as Eddie Jones. And the danger for Ireland... So we should talk about this later. Now we've seen these teams... In in the flesh, in battle, uh, you know who actually is best equipped for a World Cup go, go, going forward. And the way for Ireland is, it's there's video now. There's really good ways to beat Ireland, and teams can watch it. So they're probably in a worse position than they were at the start of Six Nations. Although you you chuck in at well, it's, it's the same with any team, but you change the world's best fly half. For the for the world's best fly half playing like an average fly half mm. or a poor fly half in the game against Wales. Well, just do what uh, Wales you, do. And you, pick a poor fly half. You take you take <laughs> <laughs> you take you take the best, or if not, like maybe with Aaron Smith a year ago, the be- vying to be the best scrum half in the world, and exchange them for a very average looking scrum half, and put them in an international yeah, arena against a good right. team. The t- it changes the dynamic, and I think Colm Grimes. We've got some great. We have got some good listeners listen to our podcast he's tweeted to our rugby podcast and said over 140 rucks per game offloads not permitted 4000 k of intensity 100% accuracy and no penalties Ireland's game plan unstoppable when it can be done impossible to maintain exactly right exactly right I mean that's exactly how I would sort of think about England's game plan and very very difficult to maintain in the wet for Ireland yeah, God, I, I Which, wasn't sure whether I was watching Grand Slam or Grand Designs. I've never heard so much chat about a roof. <laughs> well, it's it, with hindsight, it is very easy. But looking back, you just say, Joe, why did why do you why do you go for the roof open? Why play that game plan with the roof open? And I think that going back to your point, JB, and also tying in with what Colm, Colm Grimes said there. Um, and it did highlight what you've already said and what, yes, I will 100% credit Wales with, adaptability. The weather changed, Wales dealt with it, Ireland didn't. Yep. And I, th- I think the way... So, in some respects, I think Wales is... What is a very simple game plan is more suited to being used in any condition that the Six Nations is likely to throw at you. And by that, by that I mean when it's cold and wet, that, Wales, that Welsh game plan is... Very, it's phenomenally effective. It has been phenomenally effective, apart from in the first half against France, 
it has been phenomenally effective. Um, now, the flip side of that is they lost uh, George North with 15 minutes, which you say losing a winger yep. with 15 minutes gone, losing a winger is not a major thing, except when your back three cover is your fly half. Yep. And you bring your reserve fly half and put your, your fly half to 15 and put your 15, who has been phenomenal in the wet as a 15, and what does onto say? the wing. Not a problem. And those play, yeah, those players just, if anything, they were they played better. even more I, comfortable in that position. I thought it was a little early to be closing out the game. <laughs> With bigger coming <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> What's interesting about Wales, what, what I always remember, and this is, what I always remember when I was young and playing against Welsh teams, uh, and when when you played school rugby against Welsh teams or you played representative rugby against any team from Wales or you went to tournaments where there were Welsh teams, always, and senior rugby when we used to go on tour a lot, pre-season tour, when, whenever you played against Welsh teams, there was this, the the rugby brains, the way that they, the way that they traditionally have always played, it's in the blood there, it's, um, the, there's that flair Mm. And that, that you don't see as much in the way of flair now these days with Wales. You in the way that you always did, but what there always has been is this understanding of yeah, the game, uh, this I mean, sort of rugby intellect. Yeah, in that respect, you know, you're talking more of the James Hooks than the dumb, than the damn biggers. Yeah, yeah, but this, that that rugby intellect, yeah. I think. Also, hard men. Don't forget that. Oh no, 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 no! Very hard men. Oh my god, the, the size of some of the packs that I used to bloody play against. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> But I think that that rugby intellect is is has been there traditionally in Wales and and has been is partly what you're talking about. I don't think it's all Warren Gatland saying that they're adaptable. I think you have players with really good rugby brains now, who can yeah. read read situations and understand what's required. Now I don't want to go over the same points every week, the same ones every every week. But I still yes, can't, do. Yes. I still can't get my head around <laughs> Warren Gatland creating a team. I mean, Joe Smith's an amazing coach with an amazing team. Um, Warren Gatlin just has to pick guys and they come good uh, I, Thomas Francis dominated absolutely dominated at, at scrum time he's now a bloody important player he's, how did that happen? Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's I hitting am... more rocks than anyone else how did that happen? Navidi no, Josh Navidi what? Navi- I did Navidi not see him phenomenal. being that kind of that good he is so good like last week I was like yeah he's like ridiculously strong um, his energy is great and do you know who Navidi reminds me of? And it warms my heart. Um, uh, Mark Wilson for England. Like, a guy who everyone thought, yeah, solid club player. Yeah, don't give him, you know, don't really give him a shot at international level. Give him a shot at international level. And the guy's a beast. Like, he's just designed for, you know, for that stage. And it just makes you think, how many other guys are out there who could do this if only the coaches gave, like, gave, like, gave them a chance? Anscombe. Anscombe, they would have to be a plane disaster with every Premiership fly half on before <laughs> England played Anscombe, I, I would suggest. And yet, he was excellent. Kicked seven out of seven. Actually, he played on the wing, most of it. But, you know, his ten minutes of fly half were very good. Well, that chip, that that first two minutes, minute and a half of rugby, mm. could not have been a more perfect start for Wales. Could no. it? The So, it, w- it was clearly a planned kick to go f- deep and go for stockers try and hit him with two men get him to pick up the ball near the touchline try and force him into touch which they did perfectly 
Then the line-out, couple of phases, and it was clearly... A great a, line-out as well. Great really line-out. Really well-executed line-out. In those conditions. Well, on the line-out in general, you called it, Phil, that Wales will be targeting that because Ireland have looked a bit weak, and they absolutely... Well, well scrum, I, and they I, rinsed I said, them. I, oh, said, no, you said, I said the other way around. I said yeah, Ireland, and I thought... Oh, no, oh my God, you're right. I, I said, yeah, I called it the wrong way around. I said, yeah. well, Ireland, Ireland will be targeting the line-out still, Wales. I mean, they're still a little shaky. They, they were, but that one came off, and that's important. Yeah, and, and I was thinking pre-match... So pretty much I was speaking to an Irish friend of mine who was at the game and I was saying, I I, I think Ireland are going to do this. I, th- I really think, and one of the reasons, there's lo- lots of reasons, but one of the reasons why I thought that was Ty Bird getting selected. Mm. And I thought that I, that Welsh lineup has been struggling and Ty Burn and Peter O'Mahony are just going to read it, disrupt it. Wales are going to get no ball. And it completely wrong on that. Completely wrong on so many things about this game. But that, it, that first, it was... It was like Gatlin had scripted that whole first two minutes. This is what you're going to do. Here, 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 and here. And it's going to see Hadley Parks sliding under yeah. the post. Because the fullback's going to be a up. tiny bit too wide. Yeah. And, I mean, chipping it in your, in the opposition five-metre line or whatever the hell they were. They were very, very close to the, the opposition line. Pretty risky stuff. The, well, yes. the, the, what happened next, I would never have scripted, because it was only a couple of weeks ago, and Hadley Parks looked really off the pace and like he was running in treacle. Oh my god! But that tackle Catch. on Stockers, yeah, I was one hundred percent certain that was a try. Yeah, when he hands off, it was um, Gareth Davis, wasn't it? Who, who himself is no slouch. Hands off Gareth Davis, right? He's in. He's I, in. I, I hate players like Hadley Pox purely because I just can't pigeonhole him as anything. Because like, because he's everything. Yeah, because he's like he's, he's strong going forward, but he's not as strong as Jamie Roberts. No, no, you know he can he he's, can pass the ball about. But not as much, not as well as some other players. Yeah, like, he's, he's not like a Henry Slade. Uh, exactly. What, 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 what is he? What is he? he uh, he's brilliant. He is, but he does, he does every single thing that an inside centre should do, ninety plus percent as well as any inside centre. He just doesn't do any of them. He's not the best in the world at any one thing. He isn't, is he? But he does everything as well as anyone, or almost as well as anyone can possibly do it. Yeah, he's such a good all right, and he is. He is so important to the way that Wales have played this well, year. Do you want to hear the downsides? No, I think... I, before you do that, I just want to say yeah, the, sure. the one that everyone knew already was massively important to Wales. Knew was was just about the best in the world. But Alan Wynne Jones, oh my god, that's it, exactly it, what I was going to say. Broke back mountain uh, oh, music. Oh, 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 music. Sorry, we need to get the broke back mountain music again because not since Jack Berger have I felt the urge. To, uh, not seeing Jack Berger retired, have I felt the Go urge on. to fire up the Brokeback Mountain music for anyone? Uh, he was amazing. Uh, and he, he is. But and the, what, 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 no, what amazes me about him is at the age of, what is he, 33? Yeah, something like 120-odd caps under his belt. He plays... He old? He, I keep thinking he's young. He might be younger than that. I think he's 30. He's 33. Is he? He, he, he will be 34 just the week before the World Cup. He plays 80 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and, and, he's, and he's absolutely desperate the whole 80 minutes. Like, the who was it who made the break? Was it Josh Adams made a break? Alan Wynne-Jones was, like, on his shoulder, busting a, busting a gut, coughing up a lung just to keep up with him. And he got injured, too. He got injured, I, and they strapped him up. I know. I was worried. And then he, was, he made... Um, an, an incredible carry about 10 minutes after that. I thought when George North goes down, when Alan Wynne Jones goes off, you reshuffle your whole back line because George North goes mm. off. I thought this is not looking good. Even though Wales were 7-0 up at that stage, I thought Ireland are going to come back into this. Ireland are just too too good and the, and they've got in these conditions. Balatow, potentially Reese Webb, Reese Patchell to come back in the squad, Aaron Shingler. 
Lee Halfpenny. Yeah. Halfpenny. Yeah. They've got options. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, no, yeah. I, I, someone told me today, and I don't think he knew what he was talking about, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say, say he does. Um, Reese Webb potentially available for the World Cup. What's the story here? Is he well, going to... There's been a lot of noises because his wife and kids have moved back and he seems to be angling to try and make a move back just to make him eligible. But he doesn't need to move back. He just needs to be offered a contract to come back. Not many Welsh... <laughs> is there a thing about Welsh players not being able to settle elsewhere? I, I, it's yeah, quite, quite South a Wales, lot, mate. hasn't it? It's we have, yeah, we have touched South Wales on this. Thing, I, I, I think... Because you had Lydia over there who didn't succeed. Charteris has done all right, actually, wherever he's gone. Charteris did. Well, they got relegated and they went to Racing. He's done all right. Um, Jamie Roberts liked it. Yeah. But came back. You're all right. They don't don't settle well. Um, Lee Halfpenny hated it. Yeah. Uh, JD2 hated it. That's where he came back. Um, What was I saying about who? I can't remember. You were going to tell us why it was was bad. Oh, yeah. What what the bad news is. Well, the bad news is, well, Alan Wynne-Jones is the bad news, effectively. What if he's not available for semi-final or a final or a quarter-final? Just slot, slot in the next guy. It's just, who, who would have said um, Adam Beard? Adam Beard, monster been, of a man. He because he looks he, he, look he looks like, like he, he looks like a dweeb when you just see a, a headshot. <laughs> yeah. He's absolutely enormous. But do you know who he reminds me of? Luke Charteris. Well, he's got bigger bigger rump than Charteris, but Charteris. But the way he swims through the rooks and was disrupting Island's rook. Sorry, Island's mall, Island's driving mall is so well organised and so well disciplined normally. And he just kind of barges through the middle and just wraps everyone up. Yeah, he's he's bloody good. He's bloody good. But, you know, it does worry me uh, that they are very reliant on Alan Wynne-Jones, if not actually for what he does, just for the leadership and the mentality. which Which is interesting to me because I remember two or three years ago when Warburton... Surprise, surprise, was injured what? for a Six Nations. And Alan Wynne-Jones was captain. There was a game against Scotland where I think I think up in Murrayfield and Scotland beat Wales with Alan Wynne-Jones as captain. And he was... I did not... That game, I thought he's, he will never be captain material. Which is, which is weird to say about Alan Wynne-Jones. But he was like meek and mal-mannered, didn't know how to speak to the referee properly and just looked completely out of place in that role. But since he has stepped up properly to the full-time role, he's been... Phenomenal. You would, uh, if if it was battles were done like they were, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, and he he was he was fronting a Celtic tribe, and each tribe put their put their best man forward. You just you just look at him and go, yeah, see it. See well, he's like one of the special. We'll cam- do one. Take our women, <laughs> yeah. pillage our homes. I'm off. Uh, well, he's like Salt one of the. Land. He's like one of the special characters out of Game of Thrones. With the with in, you know inexpl- he's inexplicably strong, great at fighting with swords, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, he's he's amazing. Josh Navidi is also amazing. I just want to go back to Josh Navidi. Josh Navidi, phenomenal. I just, now, I just love how strong he is. This game, so I watched this game slightly one-eyed. Um, hoping Ireland would win. Massively hoping Ireland would win. Yeah, obviously. Mm. And I was getting a little bit frustrated. I don't know if you two were similar. You, Jay, you probably weren't. But I was getting a bit frustrated when I was wearing my Ireland hat. Uh, the refer- some of the referee decisions. Oh some of- my I thought, goodness! I thought some of them were atrocious. Some of the- Angus Gardner, Angus Gardner our friend. I know. I'm World a, I'm referee of the year last year. I'm uh, a Angus. I, I don't like criticising referees in general. I, I would say sealing off. I don't think was a good call. I would, well, don't think the. Um, I'd say the England Scotland game. But I mean, both sides did it. But both back, both defensive lines were miles offside the whole game. Yeah, 
But he, he did call. And, and if the referee lets you get away with it, of course you get yeah, away with yeah, it. Yeah. But he did ping Ireland for offside. Yeah, well, no, 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 I'm still writing yeah. Scotland, but but, Sorry, then, but yeah, then Angus yeah. Gardner in the, in this game, well, a couple of things. The what the thing that cheesed me off the most that he didn't get a grip on, and, and Wales fair play did it brilliantly. They chewed the hell out of that clock, and oh my god, they bought they bought a load of reset scrums because they knew they were chewing the clock down. Smart, aren't they? they no, very yeah, smart, very smart. So and smart. It, it wouldn't have mattered because I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd have been applauded England players for doing it. So if, yeah, I, was, if yeah. I was Welsh, I'd have loved it. And the, but the referee didn't stop it. Uh, there was a few things. It was. So the inconsistency was when I was watching it was what frustrated me. Oh, yeah. And it, it was almost like I, there was so much inconsistency that when he did give a penalty to Wales, he was almost like saying, yeah, look, 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 Ireland, I am giving penalties against them as well, if that makes sense. But there, there was two that I'd point out, both of off which... The off the ball one was bad. Well, so there was, there was a not straight line out that was completely unnecessary. There was the off the ball one. There was two really clear in my mind clear inconsistent uh, application of the law that resulted for two kickable and kicked penalties for Wales one was um, it was CJ Stander uh, lying in the rook when Alan Wynne-Jones did it in front of the 10 yards out from the Wales sticks he was lying in front of there and um, Garner gave oh he's trapped in there so it's just only a scrum island when CJ Stander, when did, CJ it, Stander yeah. did it, immediate penalty. Yeah. Um, and there was two, there was the penalty just at the end of the first half, which was a collapsed scrum, when the ball was already out of the scrum. And collapsed scrum to Wales, and he gives a, a kickable penalty. Yeah, there was one. And there was like, one for Ireland, which was exactly the same in my mind, and I'm not a scrum expert, that he just one, said, oh, play on, use it. Use there was it. one scrum he got absolutely bang on, but the Wales players thought it was against them. It was, which one was that? No, but, you know, no. Actually, that, that's what I'm thinking of. And all, I'm thinking of the Liam Williams one. So Johnny Sexton gives away the penalty, right? Angus Gardner blows. I'm pretty sure Liam Williams knows he's up to no good. He's like, sir, sir, because he knows he's been caught for something, but he hasn't been caught. It's Sexton. So it's the reaction uh, of Williams that makes me think, oh, 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 right, he's got that wrong. It's clearly Williams. The, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. You don't know if it's a chicken or egg. Whether that, that, those sorts of decisions led to the frustration or whether. Ireland aren't very good at playing the referee, and that didn't help but they, them. But they, they are, are in the past. Tr- uh, the, the, yeah, they, those boys, Omani, yeah, Byrne, uh, you're right. Furlong, Sexton, Murray, they all know exactly how to play a referee. Best as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, they're so experienced. They to go through, and they should do that. They're so experienced. So, so I don't know whether... And it's something... Ireland have always been very chopsy at refs, and it's annoyed the hell out of me in, yeah, in the last the, couple of seasons. Same as but they were, though, they were damn bigger. They were, they were really bad at... They were really bad yesterday, and I wonder if what you're talking about is, is part and of it. Yeah, they were just getting more and more and wound it, up. In the end, at the end of the day, so I I was wearing that, saying all that with kind of wanting Ireland to win to, to make the England game more interesting. But even if you took all that off, Ireland did not play well at all. Well, they it, nearly got nilled. It, you know, they, they nearly got... But they, they, the way that they played and the number of basic errors from their absolute key go-to men... From that, that 8, 9, 10 combination, they all had terrible and games people, people and made basic well. errors. Uh, who was the other team they were garbage against? Um, you were not good against Italy. Was it Italy or France, yeah, maybe? They, they didn't get a bonus off? point against Italy. They were poor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they weren't good against Italy. But then, bonus points. Who needs bonus points? Wales? Nope. No, Don't, didn't need nope. them. Well, we thought it was going to be the first year that you'd need the... 
Grand Slam bonus points. Not according to Gatland. Gatland's no. law. Uh, Gatland's law. He wins everything. So before we get into the uh, the just this shamble fest that was Italy v France, uh, here's a 15. Uh, you can disagree as I go through. A, a team of the tournament. Okay. Uh, one, Rob Evans. Yep. Two, I was kind of torn because I thought Jamie George has actually been really good this tournament and Ken Owens. I couldn't, couldn't pick, so I put them both so you can decide. Ken Owens. Uh, I think maybe McAnally for his uh, uh, do you know what? 50 meter run not bad he didn't do a huge Ken Owens been solid re- re- besides that yeah so Ken, Owens. Ken Owens if anything happens to Alan Wynn he's, he's, he's three, the next one up as captain three Carl Sinclair or Demba Bamba I go Sinclair Sinks Sinks I, I think Sinks and, I, I'd go Thomas Francis and that's not even a joke either uh, Thomas Francis for most improved player Definitely, it's a bit of a backhanded compliment. It, it is. Yeah. Sinclair's Sinks. handling has Gatlin, been very Gatlin important. Gatlin picks Sinks in, in his yeah. prod squad. So you know, uh, four Cruz, five Alan Wynn, uh, six Navidi, seven Curry, eight Parise. No, Parise can go. Um, I thought he's been great. So we'll we'll come on to this because yeah. I think this is a good example of when you Jay, when you say um, England have got the best players, but they've not got they're not the best team. Mm-hmm. Parise is a good example of that Parise was magnificent but he contributed to Italy losing so we got man of the match despite contributing to it d- despite him being a key component in Italy not winning that game interesting Okay, so, so we can discuss that one in a second uh, 9 DuPont 10 Russell 11 May um, I'm gonna, I am gonna. couldn't decide 12 I was like I, I couldn't I, there wasn't a standout character cause, what? Cause Hadley Parks. Parks well no 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 in a couple of the games he was really really bad in in at least one game but no Hadley Parks Hadley yes. Park, yeah give it Hadley Parks and JD uh, and Penno and Williams yep. Penno definitely yeah. Penno and his ace I love Penno Penno's brilliant um, I would just go back and say honourable mention for Gareth Gareth Davis who I just think is so good now yeah he, gets, he comes in for so much stick but the energy he brings and Honor- he looks and great honourable mention for Slade as well yeah yeah, but yeah. Not, not, well, yeah, he hasn't hit the heights of that first game. Well, no, that's all right. He played I mean, great against France. And he played he brilliantly for 28 minutes against Scotland, as everyone did. That offload out the back yeah. of the hand. Oh, beautiful, oh, isn't it? So good. That was so cheeky. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I've got another question for you. Just give me the winners and losers from this. Who do you think, which team has come out, which teams have come out of this in credit? Which teams have, you know, which teams are best set up for the World Cup? Because it's clear for me, there's one team that's a, hu- a huge winner. And the others, not so much. Um, well, well, what worries me is that England could well play Wales in a quarterfinal. And if they play against any good team in a World Cup and switch off for 15 minutes even. They're yeah. done, aren't they? They're done. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's what worries me. And that, that was the case in 2015. And it's still the case today. Nothing uh, will be as glorious as watching England go on in the group stages at home in the home World Cup. Nothing. We back <laughs> ourselves at home. Yeah, oh my God. Yeah. Um, I, I think actually probably most I don't, I don't want to say this in a patronising way but one of the teams that's benefited most from this tournament and they finished fifth is actually Scotland because they've been forced into getting guys who wouldn't have played game time and experience for big games Scotland's a good and one. they have eventually 100%. come good yeah. 100% and go back two years and Gatland did it more by choice as well as being forced into it, but that's exactly what Gatland did. Yep. And still doing it now. Still doing it now. Um, yeah, but that's what that's what Gatland did, and I think I think you're right. It will serve Scotland well. Um, they won one game and came fifth, though. So, so yeah, you got to balance the two. Yes. So um, absolutely. Ireland, I've said before, 
there's game tape on how to beat them now. They will not be happy about this, and they will get beat more because of that. Same for England. But you can know what they're going to do, but if they have if they have Murray and Sexton, world-class. Yeah. And if Peter you, Ramon, still, you can't stop them. And if Peter Ramon has got his invisibility cloak on yeah. and the ref isn't pinging the island team for everything. And Ty Furlong is, is suddenly rampaging with the ball. Exactly. You, you, you can't stop them even if you know what's going to happen. And what... So, so there's that. So they're in a less good position, I think, than before. England, I think, are in a less good position for the same, same reason as... Um, same reason as Ireland. I think Wales have managed to disguise what they do very well. But the team I would most like to be at this point France. going forward to World Cup <laughs> is France. Because we have no uh, idea. We, we do have no idea what I don't like about France. They've showed glimpses of being very good. I mean, they were not good against Italy. They weren't. But And uh, do you know what I loved? Uje scoring. I know. Uje so, sliding he's in. He's so good. He's so, so but they, they such a creep. Got, I think now they know their best team, or at least I think now they know their best halfback combination. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> but um, yeah, and Enzo had moments of goodness. Um, uh, Uge, yeah, Uge was brilliant and brilliant and awful. Yeah, and evil. Uh, I, they've got to stick with Bastro. I, I, I think Bastro's done nothing. Yeah, yes, Bastro has yes. done. Nothing As I said it last week, if Bastro is the answer, you're asking the wrong question, and that's Correct. from someone that doesn't even ask questions Correct. sometimes. <laughs> Correct. Bas- Bastro is great. Bastro is still a great, so, great player. So one thing, you know, when uh, when England took apart Ireland and said, "Here's now England. Here's why you need to be worried." Mm-hmm. Now Wales. Here's why you ne- you need to be worried. Six Nations was played in certain conditions at certain time of year. Mm. In Japan, in uh, September, October, it will be hot and dry. Will it? Most likely, yeah. Ooh. I had no idea. I, I assumed it was going to be cold, like Northern Hemisphere. Weather. Well, it's Northern Hemisphere, but it's it's quite far south. Hmm. Um, and, uh, so, so, yeah. that's, so that's a that's a fantastic point, Phil. That this Welsh game plan would not necessarily. I'm not saying it wouldn't work, but we just we haven't necessarily seen it work in the kind of conditions that we'll see in Japan. Mm. And actually, when you mentioned before about the flexibility of Ireland, now. Ireland did not show any flexibility. They did not play well at all in this tournament. But Ireland in the last couple of years, when they've beat New Zealand, which they've done twice in the past three years, those two games were in markedly different conditions. So they beat them in Dublin in a 15-9 or whatever it was. Very close arm wrestle of a game with a bit of magic from Stockers. Mm-hmm. And then they beat them in that crazy game in 28-degree heat in Chicago when it was a 38 31 scoreline. Interesting. So while they've not shown it now, we do know this team has it in them because if they can get Lama, Stockers, Ring Rose all running, they can do things. And to sort of back that up, I, I don't want to discredit the the brilliance of Wales and the collective, the unity, the the intelligence, the, the game the, the game awareness and and game management. They struggle to score tries. If, if they can bring it down to that arm wrestle... They do struggle to score tries. Yeah, they, they, they massively... But if they can bring it down to that arm wrestle, then there are a few, team, few teams yeah. better. There are no Northern Hemisphere teams better. It's if they can keep it at the arm wrestle when you've got faster, drier, uh, hotter conditions. Mm. So, if yeah. I think, I think it's... Well, for me, I I think it. I understand what you're saying, and that people aren't expecting anything, and that makes France dangerous. But I think actually there's, there was a cl- real clear split. There were three good teams, three 
poor teams in this six yeah, tournament overall, over, over five rounds. Overall. Scotland had an amazing 50 minutes. but Yeah, Scotland played some great stuff. And they, they played well against uh, Wales in that second half but couldn't convert it. Just on the just on the Italy-France game, Italy, so I said it before, Parise got man of the match, probably deserved man of the match. Apart from Pano, he was the best man on the pitch. Um, but the some of the decision-making and some of the execution, decision-making from him, but execution from the whole team with him as their leader and him driving that pack, it was not good enough at this standard. And it's... He was magnificent when you look at it as an individual performance, but when you look at that as a team performance, leadership agree. of a team performance, it was lacking. And I love Parisi, and I, I'm disappointed to say it, but they should have won that game. Oh, my they word. Had, Is they there should. anyone you'd less want to be than Italy's 13 this weekend? Oh, What a horror show. Like a, a, he's, a, he's a young lad as well. Don't get me wrong. They've beaten France before, so it's not like it would be a first for them. But he's running into the corner. Well, first of all, he just needs to catch the ball. I mean, that's the, that's the only thing. It, on, the ball hit, on, hit. When the post. Yeah, and you can always see him planning the celebration. It's the easiest try that you'll ever score. Except for the other try he misses, which is the easiest try that, that you'll ever score. That is the easiest try. Uh, now, Pano, that was a hell of a tackle. Yeah. And to get across. But he's carrying it. He's carrying it in his right arm, not his left arm. And that is... so. He had so many ways he could have scored that try. He could, could have stepped in. He could have passed the ball. He could have carried it in his left hand. He could have dived earlier and hit the line rather than carry, like being almost full height when he goes over the line. <sighs> what? Well, I just... Yeah, it's it's basic because an NFL running back takes the ball and then Four points of contact. And then it's like... Three points, isn't it? Yeah, three points of contact. Your, your chest is in contact with the ball and both hands are in contact with the ball and that's it's not going anywhere. But kids are taught if you're going in at the corner, if you're running with a player coming like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that change hands. Left hand, left hand, and then you've got the option of a fend. But even if you don't have a fend, the ball is as far away as it possibly can be from the the defender. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't win. It was there's some lovely moments in that. That Giraldini looked in a bad way, looked injured. His knee, he, yeah, he, that him. was sad to but, see. But the French, the French guys going over and giving him a little rub on the head. And then him sitting on the sideline, practically in tears, with like emotion, willing his uh, Italian team to go and win. Um, yeah. oh, how did they not win? Yeah. I mean, no, how did England not win? Well, I know if you took the if you took the scoreboards away from, we've said this before with Six Nations <laughs> matches. If you take the if you took the scoreboard off and just watched the game without the tries, you would you would have a you would not have predicted. Yeah, the territory and possession. Certainly, that Italy Italian had one so more much, so much great territory. <laughs> And great possession inside France's 22 and just couldn't get over the line. I mean, they got over the line several times, in fact. Just only scored one of them from Tito Tabaldi. I mean, he himself got over the line at least a couple of times. <sighs> but, I mean, they, they would rue. There was a missed kick by Tommaso Allen. I think it was just inside the second half, but I might be wrong about that. But they also, they turned down points when on probably three or four occasions in the first half and a couple of occasions in the second half where they were kickable penalties. And it would have made a massive difference because France wouldn't have scored that last try. Or if they had, Italy would have been ahead when you go into that last play. It's like, it was like, um, I've used this analogy before, but it was it was like Douglas Haig. Italy were like Douglas Haig 
in the in World War One, sending sending wave sending all their men like battalion after battalion <laughs> in, in, into the enemy defenses. Yeah, w- w- like getting a little bit of territorial gain and then and then getting, ending up getting walloped back where they just came from. Well, I'll tell you what's weird about France, like so when um, South Africa was struggling. And they called it Brendan Venter. And they said, Brendan, we need some exits. So Brendan Venter showed up and did some exits. People, exits are important. They're fundamental. I've never seen a team literally have no idea of how to exit. Up. Like, they're actually, they're a remarkably good defensive team, which I know sounds bizarre for a team that's conceded so many, so many points. But when you can't exit and all you're doing is defending in your own 22... They're really good at that. You, you better be good at it. Yeah. If you're just giving they the just, ball back to the opposition. They just stand there getting hammered. Like, <laughs> they got battered against Ireland. They uh, they couldn't exit. But they were defending their line bloody well until the last... Uh, sorry, about 30 minutes in. Meanwhile, we uh, Georgia won the Rugby Europe Championship. Uh, how... Well, okay. Grand, Grand, Grand Slam. Well, no, no, let's... Uh, well, let's save that for our, for our other pod. We're not doing another pod, are we? Yeah, yeah, just a quick one that's all on right. all the rugby news of the week because there's some interesting stories that are yes. flying around. Um, this is just a purely Six Nations one. So I- I'll make a statement and-, and see whether you agree or disagree. This Six Nations was far worse quality than last year. Disagree. Different. It was definitely different. I'm being a little bit... Um, you know, hyping it up a little bit just to make the point. I think it was a bit worse quality than last year, but it was a little bit more boring, mainly because the defenses were on top, yeah. and the attacks weren't as weren't as good as they have been. I would say, before the Six Nations, we were hyping it up as the best Six Nations ever yeah. because the quality of the three teams that we've mentioned. And Scotland being real contenders, Scotland, and yeah. France if they can just get their act together. Now, yeah, we fast forward, and I wonder if maybe it's not as exciting as because we were actually right, and all these teams talk, uh, talk mm. each other to pieces. Well, we went into the last day with three teams that could have won the tournament, exactly. So that, and that, a Grand Slam, and the most unlikely. I mean, I'm not sure it's the most unlikely Grand Slam, but it's a pretty unlikely Grand Slam. I don't think this is as good a Wales team as the previous ones that uh, have won it. Well, we 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 said that this was a great schedule for Wales to win a Grand Slam, England and Ireland at home. Yeah, it is, isn't it? So I, I don't know if it was a totally. I'm, I'm not. Oh, they, I'm not they, trying to take it away. To win five games back to back is is amazing. It was now 14 games. JB Cup winners. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what is the record? JB Cup again? holders. Sorry. 18. 18. England and New Zealand. Both. Now in the last we few need years. to. We need to know if these warm up games count. I don't think they do. If they do. I mean, so the World Cup, the, the World Cup quarter final could be that they're if if they let's assume they don't. For a second, the World Cup quarter final could be Wales who's l- losing their losing the record, not breaking the world record, and losing oh, no, to England because there's five teams in the group, isn't it? So there's four uh, group games, so it'll be, the, it'll be to decide who's whether in Wales's group again. I've got a feeling it's Australia, but that was yeah. last Australia and Fiji, is it not? Yeah. One nine. Oh no, Fiji! Ooh. Oh no! <laughs> uh, you want Fiji early doors? Oh, that, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully, World Rugby have organised it so Fiji's schedule isn't, two, two, isn't like two, two a game every gaps. five days. <laughs> yeah. uh, Australia, Wales, Georgia, Fiji, and America's two on America's this two. on this one, which must be Canada. Canada or uh, no? Because Canada were the repechage winners. So is it Uruguay? Why? Why is this all America's two? 
Uruguay, yes. Right. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, I, Wales could... I mean, it's a hard group, that. It's not as hard as England's group. Please read it to me. I'll take, I'll, I, I would take Wales beating the world record and England winning the World Cup. So, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let you yeah, out So, that. hold on. Uh, England have got France... Argentina. 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 But I then, then USA and Tonga. On current form, I'd rather that group. So you would rather have France play against France and Argentina than uh, Australia, Georgia, Fiji? Yeah, I would actually. Um, maybe uh, because France have been so inept, I would agree with you. But if they get if they get it right, France just for that, Cup. just for that one game, two or three finals. Yeah, and yeah. They, I mean they're even bad in the last World Cup. They were that record bad in the last World Cup when they got hammered by New Zealand. New Zealand, but they still made it out of the group stage. Did they? Didn't they? Did they play? I do think they did. Well, well, going back to the the, the England Scotland, what's the best rugby game you've ever seen? Um, best international rugby game you've ever seen? Because I was th- I was trying to think live where, where or... that where that England Scotland okay, game for, ranked. Just just for the sake of fairness, the best rugby game I've seen, which is not in the AJ Bell, uh, would be. <laughs> They did make it out of the group stage because that New Zealand hammer in 62-13 was, oh, well, was the quarterfinal. Right. Probably Wales versus England, Grand Slam 2, where Mike Phillips scores in the corner and Eddie Butler goes wild. Probably that was the best game that I've seen. Or still the quarterfinal with New Zealand-France. Or semi-final New Zealand-France. Possibly. The most excited I have ever got in a rugby game including England winning the World Cup, is Japan beating South Africa. That yes, that is, that, that, is, is, that is number one. I was still like, an hour after the game, I was still like visibly shook. I was still like, I, I couldn't calm down, couldn't sit down, couldn't talk properly. We had an amazing day out then because we were in, I was playing for Broughton Park and we were playing in Carlisle. And because Japanese, the, the Japanese were winning, there was an amazing sense of like rugby camaraderie between everyone. We were all rooting for this one team to beat the South Africans. And when it when they did, the place just went. It just erupted. It was brilliant. Yeah, that that is the best rugby game I've seen. And well, I was saying the England Scotland game is really close. But the other one, I can't remember what World Cup it was. What was the crazy one where France um, beat New Zealand in the? Semi final, that was ninety nine because that's been that's that, 99. that comeback. That comeback was just has been referenced uh, ah. for the England Berners, Scotland comeback. Garbajosa, Bernard Sales, Lamaison, Dominici, Dominici. Uh, did Entomac play? Yes, I think he may have. Um, yeah, Patrick Tobacco. Did he? Magnon? Uh, no, not Magnon. What's his name? Uh, Olivier Mania. Mania. I'm not sure. Maybe a bit too early for him. Might have been. Uh, I think Palouse played. I, I think yeah. Peter. Um, De, Villiers. De Villiers might have played. Ibanez probably played. Yeah, it was a, I'd love to see that team. Anyway, that's probably a chat for another time. Yes. Then looking up old French teams. <laughs> it's good, though. I've looking up old French teams. I've got it in teams. front of me. Oh, go on. Let's see how many... So, okay, I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. De Villiers, tight head. Ibanez. Let's look at backs first, cause, be, because, oh, yeah, backs. because they're easier. Uh, Garbajosa, Bernard Salles. Dominici, 11. Garbajosa, Bernard Salles, yeah. Correct, correct. Uh, Dominici eleven, correct. Um, did I say Gorba, have I said Gorbajosa? Yes, fifteen. Uh, oh, hold on, so ninety nine. So Le- Castagnier wouldn't have, wouldn't have been around. No, but no. Lamaison played at ten. Lamaison played at ten. Um, the other guy, how, how, who am I missing? I'm missing a winger. Nine. You're missing uh, the third, twelve and thirteen, and the nine. 
Gorbachev. The Gorbachev was at Entomac. Entomac, yeah. 12. Entomac played 12. Yeah, but those were 13. Stefan Glass? No. Richard. No, no, no. Dorothy, Dorothy. Oh, we wouldn't have got that. He was the nine? Uh, a winner of the World Rugby Player of the Year. One of the early yes, winners. Really. No, no, it no. was um, Gal- Galtier. Yeah. Um, and then Patrick Tobacco? <laughs> Patrick uh, no. Lumania, um Palouse, as we said. Did we get that? Did, did Palouse, yeah, so there. Right? You've mentioned a couple of them. I've got no idea who the Villiers, the villiers was. we said. Ibenev, Ibenev. No, Davilius no. wasn't. Ibenev was hooker. Uh, so I don't recognise oh, Frank Tonnerre 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 as tight and I'm kind of running out of players now Go on. so you'll know so you've said Olivier Magna um, he coat the blind side or certainly he's six Remy Martin no, no, well, no he's too late he coached uh, France at one stage oh oh man. what's his face um Oh, the one that went nuts and they all... Uh, yes. The one that went nuts. Narrow, yeah. narrow it down no. first, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> the one that they had the, 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 the revolt. The, yes. Uh, yes, against. I know who you mean, but I can't remember his name. Livremont. Mark Livremont. Oh, uh, what about um, the, uh, the, the Moroccan guy? Oh, oh, uh, uh, Abba... Ab, um, ah, uh, what's his name? Benazi. Abdul Benazi. Correct. Yes. Rugby Knowledge 101, right there. <laughs> That's in. Like you missed that. off Christophe... Uh, Julie, Jouier? No, three, uh, number eight, and Cedric right. Soule. New Zealand, now since we've done it, New Zealand. If we, if 99 <laughs> New Zealand would have had... Cullen, Lomu, and... Marshall? Cullen was playing 13. Really? Yeah. Lomu was in there. And the other wing would have been... Uh... Marshall was not in there. So, the, you know, Baron Kelleher would be the scrum half. Which... Yeah, well, it's listed as Jason Kelleher. That's but, wrong. But I assume it was Byron. Unless he's... The other he's wing brother? was um, Umaga. Umaga, so Umaga was on the wing. Yeah, because yeah. he, he, he played wing then. <laughs> wow. Um, Good knowledge. Quite so, impressed. He was the... He was the... Jeff Wilson? Fifth, yes. Um, was Jeff Wilson the one that played cricket as well? Yes, it yeah. was, yeah. Is Peter Alatini the 12, any chance? No. Oh. Uh, I don't know who the 12 would be then. Zinzan? Uh... No, uh, yes, sorry, sorry, yes, Sims on Brook was playing. Not 12? No, not 12. Um, who would be the 12 then? No, yeah, 12 is... Uh, Ian, uh, the, the Ian Jones. No, a guy called Alama, oh, Alama Iremia. No, no. never heard of him. Who's playing 10? So it wasn't, it wasn't Mertens. Who was it? It wasn't Mertens, which means it would be... No, Tony Brown is too is too is too late on, and he wants to have two caps, so it's definitely not him. Uh, Carlos Spencer. No. Oh, I, I don't. Should I put you out of your misery? Yeah, come on. It was Mertens. Uh, was it? Yeah. Tell, tell us the pack because I'm not going to get. It's always Mertens. Oh, it's Marshall. He said they didn't play. Marshall didn't play. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Tell us the pack. Uh, Carl Carl Huft. Anton Oliver. Anton that. Oliver. Craig Dowd. Oh, what a... He's one of the gr- <laughs> the great tight heads. Chris Jack? Oh, no, I'm thinking no. of Hollow Brown. Don't worry. I'm getting them confused. Um, uh, Norm, Norm Maxwell. Yep. Zinzan Brook. Reuben Thorne. Zinzan Brook in the lock? Was lock? He's listed as wow. lock. Uh, Cronfeld. Josh Cronfeld. Tane Randall. Do you remember when Leicester had about 17 
Open sides. Yeah. Neil, Neil Back, Lewis Moody, Josh Cromfeld, Serge Betson. <laughs> Serge Betson didn't think it's Leicester. He went to Wasps. Wasp, he went to Wasps, yes, yeah. of course. Tane Randall. Wow, that's a... Uh... Yeah, well, uh, time won't, remi- uh, won't remember that All Blacks team fondly because they lost. So there, I, I like that. Can we like every week? Um, <laughs> you building up to the World Cup. Can we pick one World Cup match and just see how many just players shout we can out names <laughs> chaotically? I like it. Uh, right, uh, let, let's call this one a day, and um, we will have another podcast bri- briefly summarising the big news stories, looking ahead to a week of domestic rugby because the rugby keeps on coming. Two weeks away, and we've got quarterfinals of Europe as well. Brutal. It's good stuff. At Rugby Podcast, uh, you can watch this again. Look at the wonderful Egg Chasers jersey that JV's sporting on the YouTube feed where you should subscribe as well. But just generally let the boys play. Let the boys play. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.